0: All right. And we're officially live. Running behind, we're planning to get all of our slides together, everybody. That's all my fault. So uh, just a couple minutes late. I'm slightly irresponsible. Mark, how are you doing today?
1: Oh, I'm doing great. Thanks, Eric. Thank you.
0: All right. Now, things keep shifting around as we go. We were not planning to do our third part of the CIA series. We were actually going to be covering RFK, but we want to be a little bit closer to RFK on Sidebar, and there's some exciting developments with Mark and Sirhan Sirhan coming up. And so we will be literally covering that. And I hope you guys like Mark. You're going to be seeing a lot of him over the next couple months because, uh, there, there's just so many moving parts that are almost shocking. I, I would have never imagined even being tangentially connected to some crazy, crazy history here. So uh, I found a uh, Forrest Gump, as Mark self-describes himself, and I'm just, you know, like hitching my wagon and just saying, hey, <laughs> following along. So today we are finishing out our CIA trilogy i feel like it almost is a trilogy we have cia in the movies we have cia in the news and then we have cia or family of the cia now a lot of it, it was originally children but there's more than children there's cousins there's fathers there's a, so it's like no you know what this is just family right and you know a, a, a nice spooky family and there may be more later i don't know they seem to be keep on working i have other guests coming up who are going to fill in other stories it's i don't know it, it's crazy enough somebody can make a career just doing a cia conspiracy
1: it's hard to keep up with
0: it really is
1: i mean they're producing new children all the time you know so it's hard to keep
0: up. <laughs> well yeah there there is that there is that so um we've got Actually, a lot of slides. I mean, it's, oh yeah, slides, but a lot of pictures. We like using the pictures because it's cool to have Mark talk about stuff, but it's a lot better if you're like, okay, oh, that guy. Oh, okay, that guy. Even though you don't know who that guy is, still put a face to the name, talk about who they are, and got a lot to go. So let's just get right to it. And first candidate is, I think, a network executive.
1: He was a network executive. I, I think he's independent now. That's um, uh, Michael Cassio from, at the time, Nat Geo, uh, National Geographic. National Geographic, of course, goes back to the magazine days when they used their photographers to infiltrate countries behind the Iron Curtain. They were one of the first magazines the CIA used to infiltrate um, simply because people didn't bother to check you know about Nat Geo, National Geographic. So Did they knew do
0: Doctors Without um, Doctors Without Borders too, and some of the other charity organizations?
1: I don't think so. I think that was years later, and those are <laughs> infiltrated separately as well. But the magazine itself, which became the television network, the National Geographic Channel. He was executive vice president, and he's an independent producer. Um, he was executive in charge of production, and m- most of the productions he was in charge of were the jfk assassination productions (laughs) he was the gatekeeper of uh, jfk the final hours which was hosted by bill paxton cia confidential the secret service files um all killing kennedy the docudrama starring rob lowe which was on nat geo um yeah Castillo um was executive in charge of that now recently he has also done if you remember the biography series, Eric, you know, with uh, Bill Curtis and and they had um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: biographies of everybody, every single sure, yeah. person. Great okay. series. a Fantastic series. It went on from like 1987 to 2001. He was the executive and gatekeeper of that series. So anything you saw about a biography from Stalin to to uh, uh, mm. you know Cassius Clay, he was the gatekeeper and provided the information to the American public of how much information you were gonna get on any American or foreign figure, for that matter, because that's how influential biography was. Uh, recently, he did a movie called Stars and Strife, a documentary about anger in America, some anti-Trump thing. Uh, but the, the kicker is that uh, Cassio's parents, both of them, Blanche and Morris, worked for the CIA, which is the point of our episode, that he's descendant of two cia parents is how he got his his gig and the children of the cia usually end up as i pointed out to you working in media in some capacity and that could be television film radio books which is what we're going to go into today and uh, by doing that they become the gatekeepers of american culture which is why these people are there and whether cassio is officially a CIA employee or simply a media asset. It's not really relevant. As we looked at a couple of weeks ago, you know, the fact that Anderson Cooper and Buck Sexton and all these people who work in the news is just as good. It doesn't matter if they're ex-CIA or not. All their friends call them up and they say, what's going on? So this guy, Michael Cassio uh, recently wrote a children's book called When I Was a Child, I was always afraid so i thought to myself of course you were your parents were two cia agents and it's like it's children's book for a four-year-old so i i I gotta get a copy of this uh some illustrated book that he wrote and uh look i mean he also did investigative reports the day the world changed which was a 9 11 uh documentary did after 2021 um uh you know this guy's branched out, but I know him from doing the Kennedy assassination stuff on Nat Geo and going up to Nat Geo and trying to pitch a project to them and having one executive show up while everybody was on a secret speakerphone in the middle of the table, listening <laughs> into our pitch about Oswald, which I thought was bizarre. Um, so that's Michael Cassio, one of the children of cable television for you.
0: Somebody in the chat, this is an interesting question. Was um, Anthony Bourdain part of the CIA?
1: I believe he was. Um, anyone oh. who travels the world like that uh, and has dinner with Obama in Vietnam, I presume, is a CIA media asset. I, be- I believe Bourdain probably was.
0: Wow. Okay. Just so Rick Steve, on. CIA. No, I just just
1: on. On. <laughs> yeah. And don't forget, Leon Panetta had the episode where the chefs came into CIA headquarters and prepared meals for the heads of the CIA in uh, that right. chef that chef series we covered a couple of weeks ago. So there's something about food and international food, which allows them entree probably into foreign restaurants, you know? Well,
0: I've, I've had on um, interrogators and he was talking about that. That's your inroad Uh in interrogation with people. So not, not even about it's like food is something that crosses all cultures. Right. Right. So you, you can say, Hey, let's have dinner. Let's eat. And especially, a lot of the uh, countries that we're struggling with tend to be very um, hospitable cultures
1: right um, well cultures. that's why i said national geographic magazine uh, like its uh, descendant vice magazine years later was able to cross international borders to take photographs of indigenous cultures and that was used to you know get into these cultures uh through the back door
0: Cooking Institute of America, CIA.
1: Yeah, well, (laughs) the Culinary (laughs) Institute of America, which is in Poughkeepsie, New York, is called the CIA, by the way.
0: Oh, I know, I know, (laughs) but it is still funny,
1: right? All right, Right.
0: so on to number two.
1: Okay, so this is, I believe, Carrie Anthelis, right? Yes, yes, it is. Okay, so Carrie Anthelis is one of the gatekeepers at HBO. He, um, he. I don't even know how to describe this, but even his brother, he has a brother who is also, um, that's his brother. The two of them are of Greek descent, and the CIA was heavily involved. Um, that's William Antholis, by the way. He was head of, a, of a, an organization called the Brookings Institute, which people have called the conscience of the CIA. Uh, that's their nickname. So, or the brain of it. The brain of <laughs> her brain, I've heard conscience. You know, he's now at the Miller Center in Virginia, uh, running the presidential library. Uh, I guess Larry Zabatome was running, it must've quit or something, but he's still linked to the Brookings Institute. When Oliver Stone and I went to HBO uh, to pitch my Oswald miniseries, there were about 35 people there. And this gentleman, uh, Harry Hansel is, was examining every document I presented on the table as if he was Colonel Clink in Hogan's Heroes. He was lifting them up and looking at them almost with a monocle to see if they were real documents. And as this was going on in the background, this guy is examining every document as a gatekeeper, which I think he was for HBO for many years in terms of intelligence and you know documents and things of that nature to get into an HBO production. You had to get past him. And unfortunately we didn't get past him So the production never happened at HBO. But I just remember him asking me some every once in a blue moon during the pitch, which took about two hours with Oliver, just the most intrinsically bizarre questions. And then I would answer them and get back to the pitch like he was there for one reason only, Eric. And that was Mm. to ask specific questions about what we knew about Oswald. And uh, he seemed to have another agenda is all I'm saying.
0: Interesting that Vice was on HBO for a while, too, wasn't it?
1: Well, not a coincidence.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm I, I just trying to throw out weird observations here. Right, very good. i talking to a publisher here.
1: Okay, so this guy, uh, Chris Milligan, uh, his father was CIA. He owns and operates. Uh, yeah, he, he this is a compilation book uh, that he wrote. He is the publisher and owner of a company called Trine Day Publishing out of the Northwest. I think it's up in uh, Portland or Seattle. And they specialize in fringe conspiracy books. Uh, Here's a picture of him. He has somehow infiltrated into the conspiracy world. You'll find him on uh, JFK assassination websites. And he's a guy that they have used to go behind enemy lines, in my opinion, to see what's on the other side of the conspiracy world with his books. Uh, they're not he's not writing the books he's merely distributing them and publishing them but he's been around for a while and his father uh it's portland argon yeah his father controlled opposition
0: a, or what do they call that controlled opposition or I, I, there's a term
1: right i don't know i agree i don't know the term but he he published a book by saint john hunt who was e howard hunt's son uh the bond of secrecy um he's published a book called the octopus um and his father was a station chief for the cia but um i don't think it's so much the books he publishes as the fact that he's a gatekeeper into the world of publishing uh which is an old school way that cia was involved in media back in the old days he's not a major player but in the 1960s he would have been
0: Hmm. was that kind of like a a honeypot type of situation like One way you can figure out what's out there or what could be out there is, hey, you back a publisher. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Your publisher specializes in this kind of book, and then you get people. a spider web,
1: web, Eric. Yeah, whatever's coming down the pike, he's going to be the first to see it, whether he agrees to publish your work or not. At least they're privy to what's going on in that area. I mean, it's a brilliant idea to have somebody, you know, who's a gatekeeper of fringe publishing. I mean, genius. You're going to get to see the manuscripts before anybody else does, and thereby <laughs> publish them or not publish, publish them, but you'll know what's going on.
0: And I'm thinking it's also a pretty good investment in terms of um, cheap. I mean, totally no cheap. French totally writer cheap. is going to expect to earn anything more than serial money.
1: I know, so, so, <laughs> I know people who have had their books published uh, by trying to, uh, and there's not much money there. Absolutely. It's not an expensive venture.
0: So, very, very interesting.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Milligan.
0: All right. So, next up we have.
1: Oh, this guy. Yeah. This guy uh, has really, since I wrote this, is really advanced. He he came out of nowhere as a pro nuclear lobbyist saying we have to go back to nuclear power. And that was about five years ago, uh, Michael Schellenberger. And now he has moved into other areas of uh, the environment. his father's name was Shelly Schellenberger, who was a CIA operative. Um, and Best uh, I can do. <laughs> that's his father, yeah. That, that's his father's now retired. Um, but and hard to find
0: pictures. Some of these people are it, it is tough to track down the pictures.
1: Yeah, that took me a while to find his dad. That I, I didn't, I knew so- something didn't smell right about this guy. He seemed to come out of nowhere and, um, He was featured in a CNN pro-nuke film called Pandora's Promise. Um, He was anti-nuke and then became pro-nuke. And I thought, that's kind of weird. You know, what's the deal with this guy? And apparently they, some portion of the intelligence community wants us to be, uh, use nuclear power again. You know, I don't know what their agenda is and who knows, you know, what their agenda is. But... um, this guy, he came out of nowhere with being a pro-nuke guy, which I thought was odd. You know, this in this late stage. So
0: the, uh, there are a lot of good arguments for nuke. Oh I mean, yeah, you know, no, no, they're, I, they're I, they're it's a great energy. So it is a weird one. You know, but, like yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. Totally both, on nuke. I think both founders of Greenpeace have uh, separated with the organization by this point. I know one of them is like a. Uh, almost a full-blown conservative, rabid, quote, right-winger, very, very opposite of of the Greenpeace message. Or And then the other one is splintered out. He hates the uh, first guy, but mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, I think all these groups fall apart in their own weird way.
1: So. Well, a lot of them are infiltrated, so I don't know where this guy Schellenberg is coming from. Uh, I don't know what his agenda is, but somehow they seem to drop out of the sky right into cable news like they just come out of nowhere fully formed individuals with coming out of some fully formed think tank that has fully formed policies that you've never heard of and you're now he's an expert He's another expert so now he's <laughs> he, he, he's on all the time as an expert I, you know that's their job is to get these guys in as experts you know and get their you total- have anderson
0: cooper there you can get on the air right i mean
1: it, it, well he's on have- tucker a lot this guy uh shellenberg i've seen him he's been on tucker quite a bit so he's now moved <laughs> over to the other side he started there but now he's over here so who knows where this guy's going
0: crazy crazy all right now that was um we're shifting now one thing you did is you kind of organized this i guess i should have said those are environmental children or right. He was a child of the environmentalist movement. Mm-hmm. Very easy for me to say today, obviously. Mm-hmm. So now we're moving into uh, music and art, which well, is to uh,
1: branch over to a couple of other things here, because this covers mm-hmm. a lot of terrain. This is a broad one. We could actually bring in that Oswald stuff here uh, if we like, because this, oh, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, because he ties as well. Right. right.
1: This actually ties into Oswald. It's kind of interesting. There was a guy, just so you know, there was a guy named Robert. Well, this is his son. This is Michael Fritz of Fritz and the Tantrums. But there's a guy named Michael – this is Michael Fitz. There was a guy named Robert Fitzpatrick, who was his dad. This cat, right. This guy, Michael Fitzpatrick, is the guy I want to talk about for two seconds because he – Yeah, sure. Okay, this guy – went to a school called Spring Hill. And Spring Hill is a private Jesuit college in Mobile, Alabama. And the reason he's of importance is he went to school with Eugene Muret. Eugene Muret is Lee Harvey Oswald's first cousin. And Eugene Muret invited his first... mural. Muret. Okay. M-U-R-R-E-T. The Muret family is Oswald's mother's sister, Lillian Muret, who basically raised Oswald in New Orleans. And the Muret family, Eugene Muret, going to Spring Hill College, this Jesuit college in Mobile, Alabama, invited Lee Harvey Oswald to be the guest speaker. That's his mother, Lillian, a number of years later. That's... um. She's the sister uh oh, no no that's Marilyn. I'm sorry, it's years later. That's the the first cousin of, of Lee Harvey Oswald. But if you could go back you, oh you okay, so this is oh, hold There's on right? this, is well, Eugene. Talking about Eugene. this is Eugene. Okay. <laughs> so, Eugene. So let's just focus on Eugene for five seconds. Eugene Muret <laughs> goes to Spring Hill College, and in that college he invites Lee Harvey Oswald to speak on what it's like in the Soviet Union after he came back. So not a lot of lone nut assassins get to speak at colleges about their experience in the Soviet <laughs> Union. But Lee Harvey Oswald was the guest speaker invited by his first cousin, Eugene Murat, to speak at uh, Spring Hill College in, in, in Mobile, Alabama. Now, one of the students there is this guy, Robert Fitzpatrick. So because it's a men's Jesuit college, Robert Fitzpatrick is assigned the task of dealing with marina oswald who's sitting outside the lecture hall and he comes out and for reasons that nobody knows speaks russian and becomes marina oswald's pen pal and becomes kind of a handler for marina oswald at that time he walks around the college with her befriends her uh gives yeah he,
0: her he wanted to practice his russian and right he mean, wanted to
1: practice his good. russian and Everybody's speaking Russian. It's amazing how many cats are speaking Russian back then. Um, So anyway, he becomes the after he leaves Spring Hill College, he becomes the youngest city councilman in the history of Baltimore, Maryland. He then becomes the head of John Hopkins medical school. He then becomes the head of Euro Disney. He then becomes the head of Cal Arts in California. He then becomes the head of Chicago Institute of Art, which is where I think this photo is taken. He then comes out as gay, even though he's got a wife and two kids and he's Canadian years later. Uh, He is a spook that they graduate into the art world. And the reason he's important is he allows them to infiltrate into the art world, which is where They've had problems penetrating, but through cats like Robert Fitzpatrick, they were able to infiltrate into the fine arts world. And he infiltrated into Baltimore city politics. Uh, I don't know if he ran into Pelosi's father, who was the mayor at the time, but he was the youngest city councilman in Baltimore history. What he has to do with Baltimore, the guy's not even an American. He was given an American citizenship when he graduated from Jesuit College. Uh, because hmm. of his work with Marina Oswald, he was given an honorary American citizenship, or some sort of citizenship to allow him to become the city councilman of Baltimore and the head that's of John... so
0: he he got a citizenship by working with an assassin's wife,
1: right? Who was a Russian that's KGB, that, you know, who was a Russian KGB colonel's daughter. So that's yeah, how he
0: gained that 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 citizenship. And and you brought up a point a, a minute ago. Going all the way back with Marina. By the way, and, nobody knows
1: any of this, Eric. What we're talking about here—this is all breaking news—that wow. nobody knows any of this stuff about these guys.
0: Wow, that's fascinating because yeah. you're talking about him lecturing at the school, and I did find stuff about Lee Harvey Oswald appearing there and lecturing. There's so much more about Lee Harvey Oswald. I mean, truthfully, well, I mean, if, put this you know, everything Over, I've known is—he was a just a weird. Before, a week before
1: kid. Oswald speaks there. Uh, Joan Baez performs there in the same stage, right? So, and two weeks after after Oswald's done, a businessman from New Orleans speaks there, and his name is Clay Shaw. Now, the odds of that happening are trillion to one, but Clay Shaw, who is put on trial by Jim Garrison after the assassination of being one of the only conspirator ever charged with the murder of the president, speaks at the same Jesuit college as Lee Harvey Oswald, booked by Oswald's cousin. Now, getting back to to Eugene Muret, which is which is what I wanted to tell you about, which is really unusual, is Eugene Muret ends up being the what's called the um, I, I, I'm trying to remember the exact phraseology of it. He becomes the um, the head of Bos- the Bosnian judicial system after the Bosnian War. He's brought in as a judge to reshape the. Like
0: Court justice, almost
1: right, but a Bosnia, a Bosnia. <laughs> <laughs> this is after the Bosnian War. He's brought in as the supreme uh, whatever of the judicial system to make their judicial system uh, more like ours, Eric. So from from bringing, oh here he is. It's called the Judicial Administrator of Bosnia. That was his title, Judicial Administrator of Bosnia. And he worked for an organization called the US Agency for, for International Development, which is USAID, which as we all know is a CIA front organization. Uh, so that was his payoff was to go all the way back. He was also in the um, district attorney's office of New Orleans. A lot of these Jesuits, as you may or may not be aware in your audience, uh, Jesuits are directly linked to the CIA over the years. You know they're able. The original idea was that they were able to penetrate borders. You know, um, promoting Jesuit Catholic uh, beliefs, same thing as Nat Geo, but from a religious angle. So Eugene Muret is the brother of Marilyn Muret, and if you get back to that other picture, I'll explain Marilyn Muret because she's really interesting. Marilyn, who is her his sister, is the Barack Obama's mother of her era. This is Marilyn, and if you show the other picture, you'll see a much younger version of her uh, with the three of them in New Orleans. Yeah, that's that, that's her on the left. That's Lillian, uh, who is um, Oswald's mother's sister, Marguerite Oswald's sister, Lillian, who was a surrogate mother, to, and that's Lee Harvey Oswald there. this 1959 in New Orleans. So Marilyn on the left, who testified extensively before the Warren Commission, was a teacher, quote unquote, who went around the world teaching students English all over the world, had no um, source of income, had no other income other than being a teacher. And that was a cover that was used by the CIA for women for many years to be able to travel the world and infiltrate into uh, private schools and worked out of embassies, uh, non-official cover situations. The same cover that was used by Ann Dunham years later, which we'll get to Obama's mother. She used the same thing as an anthropologist. It's an old technique used by the agency to get women um, into different institutions using the teaching cover. So at one point, interestingly enough, while, (laughs) while, oswald is in moscow he runs into his cousin (laughs) he runs into marilyn muret in moscow interestingly enough she goes what are you doing here he said i'm defecting what are you doing here
0: insane insane okay so now i think
1: one is that that as you said there's more to oswald than meets the eye but the the theme of our show is that this runs in families and this is another family what's that
0: and I think this family's tied to it as well, right? Okay. Ruth so and Michael this, is, Payne. Right.
1: this is Ruth and Michael Payne. Now, Michael Payne uh, had a top security clearance for Bell Helicopter out of Texas and goes back to um, to the pain, you know, uh, of, the, of, of the Declaration of Independence. You know, I mean, that's... Thomas the, Payne.
0: Wow. Yeah,
1: he's a descendant of Thomas Payne, which is indicative of what I'm trying to explain. They like to work in in families, even if the families are 200 years old. I mean, he's a descendant. Even of, better. Right. It's even better. They could vouch for him. He marries Ruth Payne, who's a Quaker. And Ruth Payne, um, <clears throat> of course, speaks perfect Russian um, and gets involved. <laughs>
0: Doesn't everybody. <laughs> everybody does,
1: speaks perfect Russian. That's, I, I think, who knows where they're coming out of in this photo. But
0: that's the book, Warren Commission. Right. That's what I
1: thought. Uh Ruth and Michael Payne become the handlers of Oswald when he comes to Dallas. She gets him the job at the Texas School Book Depository. Uh, Michael Payne, like I said, works with Bell Helicopter. He's got a security clearance working down there. Um, she becomes the lesbian lover of um, Oswald's wife, Marina Oswald. And demands that the love letters that they wrote be given back to her from the Warren Commission. She eventually gets them back. When the Dallas police raid her garage, they take all of her lesbian films, which she's very unhappy about, and demands that her films be returned. Uh, It really drove her crazy was the taking of her lesbian films. Uh, But the love letters, it was part of her Part of her uh, handling of Marina Oswald was to befriend her, and uh, not unusual, like a honey pot situation that you described earlier, Eric. You know where where they use sexuality to entrap or to involve themselves with the person they're working with.
0: Well, the Russians the Russians did that a, a lot too. I mean, that was one of the right, right. main mo. So you know, we we learn from each other. I'm sure, and and this is their son to this put a on right, this is their
1: son Michael Pay- Chris Payne, who Chris actually. Payne lives across the street from where I'm broadcasting from. And he wrote, (laughs) yeah, he actually lives right over there. I could see his building right from here. And he uh, created a movie called Who Killed the Electric Car, which had all kinds of political ramifications to it, a documentary, um, uh, which had, you know, a lot of uh, uh, fossil fuel stuff in there and a lot of different political angles to it. So he doesn't brag about his parents at all, but he is the son of Chris and Michael, uh, Michael and Ruth Payne. Now, Ruth Payne, you say, well, how could she possibly be in the CIA? She uh, after she was done with the Kennedy thing, she ends up in the 80s, in the 80s in Nicaragua. And the Sandinista supporters who are Americans who are down there supporting uh, or Danny Ortega, Realize that she is a spook and physically scored her. I thought that
0: was a Contras. I thought Ortega was a Contras. What did I say? You said uh, Sandinistas.
1: Hmm. Interesting, right.
0: Okay. We, well, we back to Contras with the CIA. I, I know that. Well, because this right, is rolling right. into my guest on Monday. Right, right. Okay, fine. reveal the drug cha- channels right. of that. Well, well, well the, the, point, of, the
1: point of the matter is yeah. she gets outed. And the American supporters escort her to the border of the nation, kicking her out. So she didn't retire after the Kennedy affair. She got involved in, uh, I think, the Contras and the Sandinistas or whatever the hell was going on down there that to show that she, Ortega was a Sandinista. That's okay. what I thought. Right. Okay. Um, anyway, I only bring it up because it, it showed that others outed her as a spook as well. You know and she's still alive the husband's still alive these people never pass away the husband is up in uh, i think in port seattle somewhere up in there and she, i don't know where she is but he's right across the street <laughs> the, the and kids. you're right
0: i forgot we did prop the Sandinistas before we propped the um contra Zone. so mm-hmm. I, I should remember that you know same way that mm-hmm. we uh propped up um saddam hussein before he was no longer <laughs> worthy of supporting so sorry no,
1: it's okay. I, I was just trying to make a separate point. The um, the the pains, you know, you could see that they have a son involved in political documentary filmmaking. And, and you know, a, a lot of the funding for these things come, like I show with Frank Gibney, which we could get to now if you want to go into the Gibney family a little bit. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. What? Wow. Oh my God! It's a coincidence.
1: <laughs> that's Alex Gibney. Okay, so that's Alex. He's the son of Frank. I don't know if you have a picture of Frank, but <clears throat> I have a picture of Frank. This Frank. Okay, so Frank was a spook uh, media asset for Newsweek and Life Magazine, and um,
0: like these guys. Oh, that's
1: very good. There he is. That's right. And. Um, He gets tired of it, he wants out. He writes a famous letter, a secret letter to Alan Dulles saying, I can't take it anymore. There's a copy of the letter I got somehow. Uh, He writes a letter saying his conscience is bothering him. He really can't take it anymore. Um, Not many people write a letter to Alan Dulles saying, I can't can't work with you anymore on the letterhead of of Life Magazine, uh, indicating that he works for the CIA. So Dulles writes back. Yeah, I got that letter a number of years ago, uh, part of my collection. And the response I got separately, a little bit redacted, but not bad, um, from a guy named Alan Dulles, director of the CIA to Frank Gibney right at the time in life Rockefeller Center saying, I, I will meet with you and talk about these issues. He's he's not gonna write anything in a letter, Dulles, but he does say, we'll discuss this when we meet. And Gibney, Frank Gibney is trying to get out of it. He's obviously had it, you know, with being an informant and a media asset. And he, one of the things he had to do was write the Penkovsky Papers, which is um, this book here um, about, a spy, a Soviet spy who was caught and killed in the Soviet Union, a general named Oleg Penkovsky. And the book is based on um, Penkovsky's memoir, but it, it, it has no author. The editor is Frank Gibney, as it says on the book. And it is a CIA produced product that, you know, came out in the 60s, but would be more relevant by a Kate uh, a Milligan uh, Chris Milligan, rather, if if trying day was back in the nineteen sixties, back in those days,
0: Chase um, Brandon. Then, essentially, well, he was Chase, Chase Brandon book. of
1: books, yeah, of books, right, which was the only way that they operated then in media was magazines and books. Um, so Frank Gibney has two sons. One of them, um, not so much as, as as Alex Gibney. Alex Gibney moves into documentaries. There's Alex there. And Alex um, makes a documentary about um, Julian Assange. He's content- a lot of
0: work for HBO, by the way.
1: Right, HBO is is, is one of the <laughs> operatives, and also Universal Universal Studios has traditionally been a funnel for intelligence money to go towards Hollywood directors and Hollywood artists for different spook projects. Uh, from what I understand, the CIA funneled $2 million through Universal. They contacted Alex Gibney uh, about doing a hatchet job on Julian Assange, which he quickly agreed to do, which became the documentary uh, We Sell Secrets, I think it was. What was the name of the, the documentary? Uh, I he- think that's right.
0: uh, let me see. Uh, yeah, We Steal Secrets.
1: We Steal Secrets, right, which, which was a hatchet job on... Um, on Assange, his brother he also
0: did the Scientology stuff to his credit. He he definitely well, they're,
1: they're all to his credit. I mean, it's it's not to his credit, it's what they want to make, Eric. It's not nothing to do with credit. Someone said to me the other day, I I like Alex Gibney's work. And I said, Of course, why would they take somebody whose work sucks? <laughs> it's a <laughs> ridiculous statement. You know, I hate Alex Gibney's work, it sucks. the CIA should get a better guy. You know, of course, the stuff's good. I mean, if they gave me two million dollars for Universal, I think I could make a pretty good documentary about Popeye the Sailor. You know, I mean, come on. Anyway, so he's CIA. A, we don't hire hacks. We don't hire hacks. That should be their new motto. You know, I, I think that's what Hannity's CIA pin says in tiny letters, like in Latin. It says we don't. Hire he didn't get hacks. the memo. Right?
0: <laughs> but he didn't get the memo sorry
1: that's funny <laughs> anyway he's got a brother named james Gibney, uh who was deputy editor of the new york times and executive editor of foreign policy magazine uh became a speechwriter that's his brother right that's james Gibney. he became a speechwriter for bill clinton uh national security advisor work with warren christopher um he writes editorials for Bloomberg News right now. That's where he is. So he's working with uh, Michael Bloomberg and I i assume involved with China somehow since Bloomberg is so. Uh... Oh, yeah. he In fact, he wrote <laughs> he wrote, uh, did bombing Hiroshima save lives? And he also wrote CIA torture made Latin America safe for China. <laughs> and he wrote another op ed called Dennis Rodman's visit to North Korea is worth three points so he's, he's get he's earning his keep
0: all right and by uh are they related to uh the actress susan gibney or is that just uh and i don't know
1: i don't know who she is I, I do know they're indirectly related to william sloan coffin the famous anti-war uh minister from uh manhattan uh from from uh upper manhattan and the church up there the, uh, william sloan coffin was a famous anti-war activist he became the stepfather to yeah there he got arrested every single week a uh, cathedral saint john the divine i'm sorry that i that escaped me for a second he was the a pastor for cathedral saint john the divine was a left-wing su- supposedly you know left-wing communist uh pastor who was arrested in all these anti-war operations turns out that the reverence like
0: it's with mlk or maybe I'm wrong, it's Montgomery, Alabama. So
1: Right, probably expensive. he was part of the anti- uh, the Civil Rights Movement and, and got arrested many times. Uh, the oddity was that he was a CIA uh, operative, and he was the stepfather to Alex Gibney, I guess his oh, mother. Re-
0: Wait yeah. a minute, so you're saying that a CIA operative mm-hmm. may have been involved with Civil Rights Movement activity and marches and... Infiltrating organizations, you know, I assume that, that, I would not, assume. Not, not possible. I mean, we don't have anything like that going on. No FBI infiltration, no CIA. I, Mark, w- what language is this you were speaking?
1: Well, one of the, my favorite uh, infiltrators was Gloria Steinem, who uh, um worked closely with the CIA, was a CIA media asset, now been outed. Um, also George Plimpton, who ran the Paris Review, outed as a CIA media asset. The, the Paris Review
0: didn't Steinem work directly with rockefeller who's that um nelson rockefeller didn't she work directly with nelson rockefeller about changing the narrative on the women's movement there's some conspiracy stuff about that too that um the whole idea of saying you know women have to leave the house they have to get to work and all that was so they could double consumerism overnight
1: it, it could be. I'm just saying that Gloria Steinem was a media CIA media asset that's been revealed uh, a number of years mm-hmm. ago, as was George Plimpton, um, who happens to end up in the kitchen banging the gun out of Sirhan's hand onto the steam table after firing six shots uh, into different people, which we can get to at a later date when we sure, cover sure. the Sirhan sure. thing. George Plimpton seems to be everywhere.
0: All it, roads lead to a Kennedy, does right.
1: they- yeah, eventually they do. I mean now I mean now Bobby the third is married to a CIA operative, so they're gonna produce little uh extra shows for us at some point. Good Lord. RFK Junior's son, RFK the third, married a wow. CIA agent um recently, about two years ago. <laughs>
0: well good, good, good. I'm all tired.
1: good. It's all good. So Pretty. William Sloan Coffin. Um also CIA. We did Chris Payne who killed the electric car, right?
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. We circled around that through uh Oswald.
1: Right, right. I I just wanted to finish up with Oswald. Did I cover the Murettes? We did Lillian, We we did Marilyn, we did Eugene Muret. Uh yeah, it is just odd that that the assassin, the lone nut assassin, um
0: Again, all roads lead to, I mean, like, I did not realize that. Look, the only thing I knew is the representation that he was just this crazy nut job who managed to get himself a job at the depository that he was like, you know, I don't know, the equivalent of a stock boy or a grocery store bagger. I mean, honestly, there was like... And and it's like wait, there's so much more to this guy. And then oh no, he's connected. Oh and this is going on. Oh and this. This reasons going- is five
1: hundred, six hundred books on the subject. It's not because six hundred people decided to make up crap. I
0: mean,
1: there's just there's so much material. It, it took six to seven hundred books to deal with it, Eric. You know what I mean? And number of movies and documentaries.
0: Right, but it keeps spawning to even worse because then we go to uh, Bugliosi. Right. Who who uh, wrote the authoritative? And then there's the ties with what else is he known for? He was mostly known for Manson. And mm-hmm. then I've got uh, I had Tom O'Neill on, and Manson could be tied directly to the CIA.
1: Everything's tied together. These are not independent things. And and we used to be called when I was growing up, we were called conspiracy theorists. But now you know when people like Tom historians. O'Neill, what's that? Now we're historians. <laughs> now, <you're> historians. <laughs> <laughs> now we're now we're famed historians. But originally. We were tinfoil conspiracy nuts. You know, I mean, like we pointed out, I mean, that came up from Rush to Judgment, the, uh, you know, 1967, 64 book by Mark Lane that hit the number one on the New York Times bestseller list, and the CIA wanted to smear him by calling him a new term called a conspiracy theorist. That was created exclusively for Mark Lane, exclusively for the book Rush to Judgment, which was the number one bestseller in the nation um, when it came out, uh, debunking the Warren Commission the, one of the first books ever.
0: Wow. And you know, it's it's so funny because, um, and I'm, I'm leading into the eighties and nineties where we have Gary Webb two to the head Mm -hmm. and I'm going to be tying that stuff together. And you know, you're talking about these publishers that are out there debunking, right? Well Mm -hmm. uh, there's this um, Montel Williams thing that has um, William Levine on it with Gary Webb. And they're talking to
1: Michael Levine or William Levine.
0: I'm sorry, it's William
1: Michael.
0: Levine. Michael, okay. I'm sorry. I, I, I get. It. I, I don't know why. It throws me off. I, I apologize. Right. It is Michael Levine. I only really know that
1: because I used to go as a kid to Levine's Bungalow Colony in the Catskills, so that's why I'm an expert on this. Uh, this
0: oh, there you go. There right. you go.
1: Uh, <laughs> I was still up. Levine. Uh, well,
0: and 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 he is a. How does he put it? Um, he's a a Jew that played Italian Puerto Ricans um you know like
1: the whole spread undercover, undercover.
0: Yeah, he, yeah he did all of that and he is out of um new york um city area but anyway he's there and then there's a couple people there which is like um i i forget the name of the guy who's head of accuracy and media aim
1: i was just looking up, something they wrote what what is uh, what are they talking about with them
0: Oh, well, because he was obviously full of it that, no, there was no CIA involvement with drugs in Nicaragua. And there were committees on that and the Kerry Commission. That never happened. And it's just blowing my mind because then we have the Church Commission Uh that unraveled MKUltra. And the reason Church got involved with MKUltra is because his crap was leaked out by the NSA. He found out they were spying on him. It pissed him off.
1: Right, and now, he was kind of a Tucker of his day, but he was... Uh, yeah.
0: Bingo, that's what I was going to say. Bingo. And now
1: we have Tucker, Tucker. Tucker, the same thing.
0: Who who was also the lead into a CIA pin, by
1: the way. Right, well, Tucker's <laughs> up in Montana at the fly fishing thing, and the guy confronts him with a with a videographer, you know, who just happens to be wa- wandering through the woods with a cameraman and confronts Tucker last week. Uh, oh, yeah. Screaming at him. It turns out that that guy was linked to the CIA. The guy what? who... Yeah, oh, no, he was, out, he was outed within 12 hours. Oh my god. The guy who confronted Tucker was a CIA operative.
0: Okay, so you know what? To get back to the story and get less right. scary.
1: Right. Let's let's
0: talk about that fine fine family that we all want to discuss and definitely want. What family is that?
1: that? I mean, they've got you're talking about
0: uh this family. This the, beautiful the, family the, here. The
1: the Dunham Zotero yeah. Obama uh uh family. I mean, it's a, it's a. There's a lot of names on the left. You'll see ann Dunham, and ann Dunham is wearing a blazer. On the right shoulder are the initials to a Jesuit Catholic school <laughs> in. Be- I, I I'm, I'm, swear to God, it is. <laughs> swear to God, are the initials for a Jesuit private school in Beirut, Lebanon, where this photo is taken, because the man in the middle is her father, the grandfather to Barack Obama who was a CIA operative at the Beirut station where this is taken with the grandmother of Barack Obama sitting next to him.
0: And Uh, by the way, this was in the time that Beirut was considered the Paris of the Middle East, right?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. The, the woman on the right, um, Madeline uh, Dunham will end up running the escrow account out of the bank of Hawaii and Honolulu that the CIA used as a private slush fund for dictators uh, like Marcos in the Philippines and Sukarno in Indonesia and Hussein in a place called Iraq. She will handle privately that money being funneled through that bank. The woman on the left will become the Marilyn Muret of the 60s and 70s um, and Dunham. She will, just so you know, apparently they used a lot of anthropologists. Anthropologists later became mm. the go-to profession for the intelligence agencies. because How about they were,
0: archaeologists?
1: Uh, archaeologists, too. In fact, one of the teachers that Obama had at the private school in Hawaii was mm. the model for Indiana Jones one of his teachers at the school so I, I mean when indiana jones is your teacher i mean i guess anything's possible you know well there
0: you go and indiana jones of course was what he was anti-nazi and what was the cia built for it was because of oh my god
1: right right so it's anyways, a loop so,
0: it's it's like an ooda loop Right. anybody so, wants to study and dunham, this
1: and dunham becomes involved in these sham marriages first to uh operation Air Africa, it was called. They brought over 282 Africans from various nations because we wanted to have the future leaders of Africa during the Cold War when we were battling the Soviets in Africa. So from Kenya comes uh, Barack Sr., who comes to the university in Hawaii and an organization called the East-West Foundation, which was a CIA front at the university in Hawaii, where her... And Barack Senior are of course studying Russian together, as many innocent people do. <laughs> all...
0: You've established that,
1: right? So the two <laughs> of them meet. The two of them meet studying Russian, which is where every lovebird meets. You know, we always meet. Oh, well, of course, they're at the East West Institute at the University of Hawaii. So, by the way, Hawaii is just, comp- from what my recent research indicates, is completely spooksville. I mean everything involved the more i dig into hawaii the more it seems like it's a complete cia state uh market mm. chapman coming out of there a lot of uh, mk ultra stuff coming out of hawaii apparently they've been doing stuff in hawaii for years that you and i are not privy to but uh, dunham Dunham meets. And what kind
0: of makes sense though, doesn't it? I mean, again, now, yeah. the CIA is all out of World War II. I mean, Hawaii is out of World War II. And yeah.
1: Yeah. Pearl Harbor I, starts World War II. I mean, in Hawaii, yeah. The mm. beginning. yeah. So, uh, anyway, so here's a little that's, I guess, the grandmother on the right and his mother on the left and little Barack in the middle. So, Barack Sr. Comes from Kenya, leaves a wife who's pregnant at the time, comes to Hawaii and marries this woman and impregnates her with Barack. He then goes to Harvard, m- hooks up with a Jewish woman, marries her also, and takes her back to Kenya. So that's like he's got three wives in two years simultaneously. Is so he a
0: bigamist, or was okay. he? Did he manage to divorce him? <laughs>
1: There's some overlapping things here. I don't know what happens to the one in Kenya, the one in, in Harvard goes back to him. He's kind of he's kind of kicked out of Harvard because the parents begin to write to the dean of Harvard that this guy is having sex with their daughters and impregnating them. Uh, the parents not connected, separate parents write to the dean of uh, he's a player And uh, they write to the dean saying, this guy is impregnating our daughters. So he's unceremoniously, quietly sent back to Kenya. And he takes one of the students with him as yet his third wife um, uh, back there. And Barack Sr. was the underling to a guy named Maboya. And Maboya was the next in line to become the head of Kenya. And they Mm -hmm. were. Yeah, Maboya, Tom Maboya was the one who arranged the airlift of um, Barack Sr. to come to the University of Hawaii. Um, Maboya was part of the same tribe as Barack uh, Obama Sr. Maboya is assassinated, and then there's an assassination attempt on Barack Sr. in Kenya. He later dies in a drunken car crash into a rubber tree. Um, himself wow. becomes an alcoholic and, and and drives himself into a tree. But the operation that the CIA put together was to battle the Soviets throughout Africa. That was why they brought over two hundred and eighty African students. It wasn't because mm-hmm. they liked them, it was these are going to be the future leaders of Africa, you know, which is what the airlift was about. It was funded by the Joseph P. Kennedy Foundation, by the way, kind of bang, all roads lead to Kennedy Oddity number 71 So he supplies the money They bring him over there Barack Sr. goes back Now Ann Dunham um, Goes back to the East West Institute Wait, wait We gotta go Alright, so he's he's born he, He's born This is She now I don't even know how to explain this Except to tell you She meets a guy named Lolo Sotero at the East-West Institute in Hawaii. She goes- I think the chat
0: was ahead of you. <laughs> you
1: Barry Sotero, yeah. So, uh, okay, so Sotero, Barry Sotero is the stepchild of Lolo Sotero. And you say, well, Mark, who is Lolo Sotero? Lolo Sotero goes to the East-West Institute at the University of Hawaii to, learn Russian, like everyone well, does.
0: Well, everybody does. Everybody <laughs>
1: goes there. So he shows up and he... Now you're
0: me he's a Jesuit as well.
1: He's not a Jesuit. <laughs> he, he now meets Ann Dunham and, of course, immediately marries her, as things have it. And Lolo Sotero is a colonel to uh, a guy named Suharto, who is a general in Sucarno's military in indonesia sukarno this is this is where sukarno comes in sukarno is like the nasser of of indonesia he's a nationalist who's playing both sides of the coin he's the first elected democratically elected leader of indonesia sukarno is a not a strong man he's a nationalist he's duly elected he's trying to find a middle ground to navigate between the chinese the communist chinese who have infiltrated, uh, not infiltrated, there's millions of Chinese, uh, native Chinese who live in Indonesia. The Soviets who have infiltrated into Indonesia and us who are in Indonesia. So we are backing uh, uh, Sukarno. Sukarno seems to be slipping away from us. So there's a couple of coups. They're not really well done. Eisenhower fucks up. These coups fail. An American pilot named Pope gets shot down. It's revealed that Pope is CIA. He's shot down. We're bombing some of the outer islands with CIA military planes. Um, So Pope gets caught. We have to pull back the funding, and we realize that we have to take down Sikarno. And the guy that we want to take down Sikarno is a guy named Suharto. Suharto, his number one henchman, is this guy, Lolo Sotero. Where is Lolo Sotero? Lolo Sotero is in Hawaii, learning Russian with Ann Dunham. (laughs) You can't make this up. Uh, This is absolutely fact. He now has to go back to Indonesia and help uh, Suharto overthrow Sukarno, which he does, in one of the bloodiest coups in the history of the world. 1.5 million native Chinese are butchered to death uh, in the result of this coup. Um, against the communist insurgents and the communist uh, supporters, the PKI, which is a communist party of Indonesia. When Soharto takes over with the help of of Barry Soharto's stepfather, he is involved in one of the biggest mass murders in the history of any coup, possibly to uh, Pol Pot and the uh, Cambodians. Uh, there's estimates that 2.5 million uh, Indonesian Chinese were were butchered to death. They're, they're still digging up um, mass graves in Indonesia to this day. They drove the communist Chinese out of Indonesia, which is what the CIA wanted, with the help of uh, of Lolo Sotero, who was a colonel, and, and uh, Suharto, who became the bloody strongman of Indonesia. Uh, and did our bidding, and that sealed Indonesia into the capitalist uh, U.S. sphere of influence, uh, never to return. The Soviets pulled out. Soviets bailed out when Sukarno was still in power. They saw the handwriting on the wall, but the the Chinese were starting to help them build nuclear reactors and supply possibly nuclear weapons uh, to uh, the Indonesian government. So it was a a country that was in play at the time. Very rarely is it commented upon because of the debacle. And the reason it's important is Obama as president uh, refused to mention Indonesia, didn't want to mention it at all. And um, a man went village to village with a group. And um, when Obama was running for president, he went with a group through the villages and threatened them saying, do not talk to the media. And that was a guy named John Brennan who later became the head of the CIA for- Oh,
0: Charming John
1: yeah anyway so Ann dunham um you know this looks like central park for some reason when he was going to columbia when he goes to occidental college in la occidental college is a cia recruiting college where dozens and dozens of cia operatives have come out of occidental here in los angeles he then transfers to columbia university which is where i think this looks like upper central park here um if my new york roots indicate that i still remember that's his grandmother and grandfather he takes uh, an intern job at an organization called bic which is a cia front organization in new york which is called business international corporation when he's at columbia and he's an editor of a, a magazine there for them and uh, that's a cia operation to spread international propaganda around the world and he is part in the early 80s of a little known CIA program called Operation Looking Glass. And Operation Looking Glass um, is about developing young talent at at the college level to become CIA operatives, which he uh, is part of, obviously, um, uh, based on what we now know. Unbelievable. Yeah, there's a lot to this. There's a lot to Operation Looking Glass, which is very rarely explored. but you could see that his, his his road is being paved, put it that way. Wow. He's All now right. taken, at the age of six, he's taken by his mother, uh, Ann Durham, Ann Dunham, back to Indonesia where he's put into a madrasa and they give him a Indonesian Sabaric, Sabaric last name. Uh, so he can become an Indonesian citizen. And I think the whole thing about his birth certificate uh, was not about uh, a birther or anything about that. It was about this adoption by Sotero, this legal yeah. adoption of him, which had to happen for him to go to an Indonesian school based on Indonesian law. He had to be adopted. There was no way of so foreign national-
0: In these roots. So, okay, so what you're saying is that the whole um, scheme might not have been to disprove where he was born, it was to force him to show who he's related to.
1: Exactly. And Sotero um, adopted him. And they I don't think of this has ever been acknowledged. And on his uh, they add this name Sabarik as an Indonesian name to show that he is now an Indonesian nationalist national who has been <laughs> given you, you can't have dual citizenship according to Indonesian law, even to this day. So he is an American citizen. However, to become a student in the madrasa in Indonesia, he needs to be adopted and given Indonesian citizenship, with the, which is what this name indicated, that Sotero had adopted him uh, as his stepson. Wow. So this is now another marriage by his mother. His mother, the reason this is important, and getting back to his mother, His mother goes village to village as a, quote, unquote, anthropologist to find out who the communists are in the village so they can be executed. That's where the blood is on the hands of his mother. She's not a hippie chick from Berkeley. She's not a deadhead. She's not anything like that. This woman used her anthropology training, as did Margaret Mead, by the way, by her own admission. She used it to find out in the villages what the political beliefs were of different villages. That's the information the CIA needed, so that Soharto could execute his enemies once he seized power with the coup. And those enemies added up to closely two million uh, Chinese Indonesians.
0: Good Lord!
1: Yeah, she well, then goes. She then goes to Pakistan in the '80s and does the same thing. When the Soviets um, start going into Afghanistan, uh, she goes to Lahore and takes Obama with her uh, in '80. One I think and and it's the same time the Soviets are invading Afghanistan so she she is everywhere where the action is her entire career uh country by country by country she's everywhere and she's she's an operative she that's what she's doing you know this is you know but the the, the dirty politics is using the anthropology to find out the politics of the villagers that's that's where the blood is on mm-hmm. the hands of the family of Obama. And he refuses to acknowledge any activity about his mother during that time period, other than that she was an anthropologist and you know going through these villages, um, which is far from true. This this coup this coup is one of the most underreported American-backed CIA coups in American history, with the highest body count of any coup in American history, the coup in Indonesia, of replacing Sukarno with Suharto. Very rarely discussed.
0: Wow, that's a lot to chew on. And it's um, no wonder he could withstand uh, the scorn of the other famous family, the Clintons. I'm guessing that the Clintons' ties are more organized crime, whereas the Obama ties are more CIA-ridden.
1: Interestingly enough, Suharto... Suharto gave $1 million to the Clinton campaign in 1992 through a backdoor uh, legal campaign contributions to uh, Bill Clinton. So there is some connection to the Clinton administration through Indonesia. All
0: right, and a question from Viva Pry. Oh, Viva. A lot of this information is some that you cannot independently verify. How do you defend yourself against accusations of being a conspiracy theorist?
1: um well there's books on the subject i don't know if i'm a conspiracy theorist or not i mean wayne Matson has written a wonderful book called the making of the president um about the uh history of the obamas there's a number of books on these subjects i mean i'm not just winging it here i mean um there's, there's, quite, That's a the bit, thing. there's quite a bit of I nonsense, confirm I that. there you know
0: i gotta confirm that too it's shocking to me because i i'm like you know mk ultra i'll keep mm-hmm. going to that and i'm like No, it's just crazy conspiracy. It's like, no, that was New York Times. Yeah. That was actually congressional hearings. And I'm like, how in the world is this not like talked about so much more? You know, they they managed to somehow get this weird buzz. Like it's, it's this weird conspiracy odd um, thing, but it's like, you look at it, it's like, no, that was the front page of the New York Times. John Marks was a legitimate reporter and book after book. And it's like, no, it's all there. And that's, I guess, what is it? If you want to hide history, put it in books?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's in books. I mean, the books are footnoted. There's plenty of bibliographies. There's plenty of footnotes, plenty of documents, just like Tom O'Neill's book. When you look at chaos and you see the the incredible amount of documents that that O'Neill has come up with, I mean, obviously it took him 20 years. You know, it's Mm -hmm. insane that a guy would dedicate his life to that, but that's what it takes, Eric. I mean, that book's a masterpiece of documentation. You know, know, if you hadn't read chaos and a guy like Tom O'Neill came on your show and just started talking about what he'd uncovered, you might say he's a tinfoil conspiracy theorist, you know, but he's got everything documented, everything footnoted. It's a marvelous book. And, And, you know, hopefully they'll make a documentary out of it. Maybe it'll be easier because these documentaries seem to be the cliff notes versions of books today. And you can't read the book, which is six hundred pages. So you'll watch an hour documentary on HBO. I guess you know, maybe you'll get the information. Or, or
0: several, yeah. Or maybe a bunch of them, which is you know great and cool. Um,
1: right. But I mean, when you see an Alex Gibney, first, when right. you see Alex Gibney making a hatchet job documentary on Julian Assange, I mean, what is the truth? Is is Gibney the truth? Or it or is you know the truth about uh, uh, Assange? You know you know what Glenn Greenwald tells us is the truth about Assange, a guy who was with him. So who should I believe, Alex Gibney or, or or Glenn Greenwald about Julian Assange, a guy who's been locked away in England now with no charges for years, you know, ostensibly a political True. prisoner.
0: True. I'm going to circle back to uh, the Indiana, uh, Indiana Jones reference. And when We're talking about all the material out there. It's, it's voluminous, actually. And if you remember the end of um, Raiders of the Lost Ark, they hit the uh hid the ark of the covenant Mm -hmm. like giant ass government facility um amongst miles of boxes that's kind of what we're looking at here and why tom o'neill has to spend 20 years because a a lot of it is it's, it's sort of being hidden i think in plain sight it's all out there but it's buried, it's obscure, it's odd. I mean, books have fallen out of print. I mean, you're showing me to connect. You
1: know- it takes a long time to connect these dots. I mean, uh, Mark Lane was called a, a nut. You know, he's a conspiracy nut when he first came out with this stuff. Now he looks like, uh, you know, the smartest guy in the room for having come up with debunking think- the magic bullet theory and, and a lot of the other uh, Kennedy stuff. It's now accepted as fact. You know, they move the goalposts all the time, Eric. You know, they have a thing called the limited hangout. Uh, The CIA, where they'll, you know, they'll give in that, okay, you got me there, but you don't have me here. You know, they'll throw you a bone saying, yes, we agree that happened. We agree. Now what? Now we got to come up with another theory and move the goalpost.
0: I think this is why, and, and I just thought of this right now. This is why it's so critical that they're cracking down on everybody on Twitter, YouTube, and things like that, because the internet does. Mm -hmm. enable everybody to index this material because a lot of it is a matter of you know uh john marks writing about mk ultra had to have a team of researchers going through all the you know many thousands of pages to you know dig this out well if that's all scanned ocr and put into databases you can be running ai inquiries or machine learning inquiries and extrapolating information so much quicker plus you can disseminate it to a lot of people so maybe you know, that, that's part of the strategy of, oh, shit, well, we it, got all well, Maybe the only
1: strategy, and it's not just part of the strategy, it is the only strategy that they can come up with is out-and-out out censorship. There is no other way to combat it other than removing the stuff from the Internet down a rabbit hole. There, there's or no, no, no gatekeepers. Think about the gatekeepers. Think about the guy I just mentioned to you, Chris Milligan, at Trine Day Books, gatekeeper. Who's the gatekeeper of the Internet? Nobody. Nobody. Who's the gatekeeper sure. at CBS News? There's a guy at, at and 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 at CBS News whose brother worked for uh, what's his name, Ben Cosgrove or something, who, who worked for Obama. His brother was the head of CBS News. They had gatekeepers who were tied to the administration. But if you're not yeah, getting Cheryl the Lincoln news, wrote about what's that? Uh,
0: yeah, Cheryl Atkins. Um, Cheryl Atkinson wrote about it. Uh, ben,
1: right.
0: Uh, right. I forget his name, but yeah, his, his brother is uh, his
1: brother was, in, was right. Was that was at CBS? But if you're not getting your news from CBS anymore, now what do they do? What do they do? I mean, there's no gatekeeper. So all you can do is censor it, pull down the pull down the, the video. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's brute force, but it's better than having you and your friends go through all these documents <laughs> and talking to people like me all day. You know, something's got to give. You can't have this go on anymore, Eric.
0: By the way, uh, Bill Berry, I have been in touch with Larry Singer, or trying to work it out. Um, co-founder of Wikipedia.
1: Oh, I've seen him. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, he he, he left it. Um, he has something else. So, okay, on that note, everybody,
1: mm-hmm. this
0: has been uh, Ben Rhodes. Thank you.
1: Oh, Ben Rhodes. Thank um, you.
0: This has been a fantastic fire hose. I encourage everybody to watch it six times, take notes, <laughs> get back to us later and you know what please tell everybody not only does it uh help us get the word out get the views up get people here but hey let's get eyeballs before they take it down
1: right seriously right, right. good point
0: next and time now,
1: sirhan. next time sirhan eric
0: that's right next okay. time is gonna be sirhan sirhan and oh my god you think this is interesting Woo! we're only getting started
1: right we're just scratching the surface